Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City. It's the Cleveland Indians 8, the Kansas City Royals 6. Kauffman Stadium has such a better ring to it than guaranteed rate field over there in Chicago. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field. The thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And again, we got another great baseball game last night between the Indians and the Royals. Every time the Royals scored, the Indians answered right back until the seventh inning when the Indians absolutely exploded for the lead. And hey, the Royals answered right back in the seventh inning. So it really was a back and forth game yesterday. But the Indians move above 500 on the season. They're now 14 and 13. They pull within two games of the first place Kansas City Royals, and they got their run differential up in the positive at plus two. So pretty good night overall for the Cleveland Indians. Let's get into the storylines. Let's talk about it. What was going down in this game? And the first storyline here is trust in your starting pitcher, right? Trusting in your starting pitcher. Matheny, the uh, manager for the Royals, did not have as much trust in his rookie making his debut, which is fair, which is, you know, a little bit fair. Daniel Lynch, their number two prospect, making his debut. He gets pulled after four and two-thirds innings, whereas Aaron Savali gets an extra inning. Francona trusted him with an extra inning. Look, both guys got hit hard. Savali got rocked around that ballpark last night. But he was able to work out of jams, work out of trouble, get double plays when he needed it, get strikeouts when he needed it. And uh, he lasts an extra inning, and that would prove the difference. I mean, having to go to Barlow in that fifth inning would ultimately cost the Royals the game. And now, does Daniel Lynch get him out? No one will ever know. You know, butterfly, butterfly effect, if we went back in time and changed that decision... Who knows what would have happened for the rest of that game? Maybe Lynch gives up a three-run home run to Jose, uh, to Fermiro Reyes. Instead, Barlow gives up a two-run single. And uh, Reyes hit that one through the shift, too. They were shifted over for him. I mean, there's a small hole between the, um, between the third baseman and the shortstop when guys are shifted over that, that far. But when you hit the ball 112.3 miles per hour on the exit velocity... It doesn't matter where you line up those infielders. If it's not right at an infielder, it's going through. Expected batting average on that one was 690. So, yeah. Uh, And then Savali, on the other hand, gets to stay in and gets to work out of some things. Um, I actually expected, expected that maybe Savali would take the loss last night. You know, once they jumped up 3 1. Uh, the kid was looking pretty good for the Royals, and you just felt like Savali is not going to go. He's not going to go twenty and zero right on the season. It it doesn't happen. He's going to lose a game at some point. He's four and zero right now. I was like, okay, a, a, a hard fought game where he loses three to one. Like that's not the worst thing in the world. Savali, like I said, he has to eat a loss at some point this season. It's gonna happen. But he hangs in there and keeps his team in the game, and the offense is able to come back and support him. Now, he doesn't get the win 
because uh, they don't score until Shaw comes into the game. They don't go ahead and take the lead until Shaw comes into the game. So Shaw actually gets the win last night, even though he gave up two runs in his inning of work. And uh, Klasse gets the save in the ninth. So uh, what were some of the situations that he had to work out of? Well, I think there might have been a runner on base for Kansas City in every inning. Yeah, every single inning that uh, Savali pitched, there was a runner on base. Not always not always a terrible situation. Benintendi singles uh, in the first, but a pop-out and a fly-out, uh, deep fly-out to center field, but a fly-out to center field from Salvador Perez ends that. Uh, Soler singles to start um, the second inning. He strikes out a Hearn, gets Dozier in a force-out. Gerard Dyson singles. Nicky Lopez walks, loads the bases, and Whit Merrifield, the best hitter in the Kansas City lineup, one of the best hitters in baseball. What's Merrifield hitting this season? 269 with a 749 OPS. So not peak Whit Merrifield, but still someone that the Indians pitching is very afraid of. Gets him to ground out to Ahmed Rosario and, uh, gets out of that inning. A bases loaded jam there in the second. So like I said, working out of it, right? Not imploding when the bases get loaded, bearing down and working out of it. And I got to say, the the infield defense behind him last night really did a good job of picking up Savali and picking up the Indians pitching. Ahmed Rosario actually played his butt off at shortstop last night. And there was a defensive change late in the game that I don't agree with. But anyways, Ahmed Rosario had himself a fairly decent game out there at shortstop. Uh, In the third inning, a walk in a single to start the inning to Benatendi and to Santana. He gets Salvador Perez in a force out. I believe that's the one where Ahmed Rosario laid out for it and was able to flip the ball to second to force out Santana. And then Jorge Soler, a deep fly ball to center field, I think from Soler's uh, facial reaction. He thought he got more of this one than he did, but it's a sack fly and it brings in the first run of the game. So how do the Indians answer right back for their starting pitcher? Franmil Reyes doubles into right center field off the wall, 105.5 mile per hour exit velocity, 389 is the distance, a 730 expected batting average on a shot like that. Eddie Rosario with a crazy sack bunt where uh, the second baseman, Nicky Lopez, for the Royals, has to dodge the uh, the umpire and ends up face-planting as he flips the ball to first base to get Rosario. Harold Ramirez would then ground out, which would leave Fermio Reyes at, at third. And this is the situation that had already come up for the Indians. They had already stranded a runner at third base. Harold Ramirez doubled to lead off the second. The first pitch he saw as a Cleveland Indian, he doubles in the left center field. And a strikeout, a ground out, and a pop out from our uh, seven, eight, and nine hitters, and that threat strand him at third base. He moved up to third base on a balk, on a, a very close balk. But whatever the empire saw, there's no arguing with it. Like you can get you can get mad, but if an ump sees you flinch, he's calling a balk. And we strand him at third base, which is brutal to strand a guy at third base when a leadoff double. That is brutal. It doesn't happen here. In fact, it's Josh Naylor who was the first strikeout victim of Lynch's career. He doubles into the right center field gap, brings in Fermil Reyes, ties the game up. So a little bit of revenge for Josh Naylor. 
which is big, right? If Josh Naylor continues to hit, it continues to be a threat in the middle of the Indians lineup, that is really, really going to be big for the Indians. All right. Now, Savali's got even more trouble to work out of. He's got Hunter Dozier, who triples, gets it underneath Eddie Rosario's glove in left field, triples to the wall. Gerard Dyson lines out. Nicky Lopez strikes out. You think he's going to get out of it. But I told you Whit Merrifield was trouble. I warned you Whit Merrifield was trouble. And he hits a home run, a no doubt about a shot, into the seats in left field. For a two-run home run. And this is where you're like, all right, you know what? Savali has fought and fought all night. They finally got him, though. They finally tag him for a home run and a big hit to take the lead 3-1. to one. The Indians answer right back. And this is where Matheny gets into trouble here. So uh, Cesar Hernandez walks after Yu Chang strikes out. Ahmed Rosario is in a force out, forces out Hernandez. Jose Ramirez singles. And now we've got runners on uh, on first and second. They move up after a wild pitch. So he brings in Barlow. And things for Barlow just do not go well. So he throws a wild pitch, which allows the runners to move up. And then gives up the single to Fermil Reyes. Let's see where this pitch was. To Fermil Reyes. Let's go to this matchup. I think I might have called him Aaron Barlow. Scott Barlow. Uh, the first pitch is a slider, a ball away. The second pitch is a slider. Man, he threw him a lot of breaking balls. Barlow was not going to throw him a fastball. Throws him a slider for a strike. Drops it at the bottom of the zone. Tries to throw on curveball that uh, Salvador Perez had a lunge for. That's the one that goes all the way to the backstop. An incredibly wild pitch. Then throws him another slider in the zone that he ropes through the gap on the left side. So, yeah, even a guy like Fermil Reyes, who may struggle with the breaking ball sometimes, if you show him that pitch enough, if you try to throw it in the strike zone enough, you threw it three times in that at-bat, he's going to hit it. He's not, he's not a fool. He's not going to get fooled over and over by the same pitch. You throw that slider three times, you kept every one of your pitches down, and Fermil Reyes made you pay. He didn't throw him one pitch above the belt. Now, maybe throw a high fastball and then come back with another slider. You know, mix it up that way. But, uh, yeah, Fermil Reyes is way too locked in right now. He said, forget that terrible home-and-away split. I don't care what my home-and-away splits say. I am going to beat up on Kansas City pitching last night. So yeah, so that is how Fermil Reyes breaks this game open. Savali would have to come out of the game in the next inning. Actually, I take that back. He made it two more innings. So he did put a guy on base. He hit Salvador Perez, but then he gets Jorge Jorge Soler to ground into a double play to get out of the fifth. It was the sixth inning where they finally got to him. Uh, After two ground outs, a walk, a single, and another walk, They decide to go to the bullpen and bring in Brian Shaw, and he gets a ground out to get out of it with the bases loaded. So yeah, so Savali fought and fought and fought, and uh, having him go a little deeper in the game proved to be the difference, and the fact that the Indians just have a much, much better bullpen than the Kansas City Royals proved to be the difference last night. Uh, Yeah, the Royals' bullpen ended up giving up 
five. Well, technically, those two runs are earned, you know, inherited runs uh, that Barlow gives up. So technically, those runs go to Lynch, but Barlow's the one that gave up the hit. Technically, the Kansas City bullpen is tagged for seven runs last night, even though three of the, you know, two of those runs were credited to Lynch because they were the runners that he left on base. But seven runs from the Kansas City bullpen as opposed to the Indians bullpen, which only gave up three runs last night. There's your difference in the game. So yeah, so Matheny pulled the trigger too soon, went to the bullpen probably too soon. Francona let Savali work out of the trouble until it was late enough in the game that he could go to his big horses in the bullpen. Now, this is the second storyline here because our bullpen finally got hit around. Uh, Brian Shaw in the... This is now in the seventh inning. Brian Shaw gets into trouble. He... uh, he walks Santana to lead off the thing, strikes out Salvador Perez, Jorge Soler doubles, and uh, Ryan O'Hearn, he gets to ground out. And was that what brought in the run? Who brought in the run there? So it was the double from Soler that brought in Santana, who had moved up to second on a wild pitch by Shaw. He then uh, leaves him in to face Ryan O'Hearn, who grounds out, and Soler moves up to third, but then goes to Karinczak. So maybe Karinczak just needed another batter to warm up. You would assume after the double is when he would go to Karinczak. But maybe Karinczak wasn't warm yet in the pen. So then he goes to Karinczak, and Hunter Dozier made a decision. As he was watching Karinczak warm up, he said, I am swinging with everything I have if he throws me a fastball. If that dude throws me a fastball on the first pitch, I am going to unload on it. And that is exactly what he got. It was sort of a get-me-over, not a get-me-over fastball in the sense of speed. Like, a lot of times when you say get-me-over fastball, it means a guy takes a little off it just to make sure the location's right on. It was a first-pitch strike fastball attempt from Karinczak. It wasn't at the top of the zone. It wasn't at the bottom of the zone. It was kind of right at the belt. It was kind of right down the middle. And Hunter Dozier was ready for it and absolutely destroys the ball into the left field seats, into the left field corner. Uh, Yeah, those Dozier boys do not mess around when they hit home runs. And Hunter Dozier was not messing around last night with Karinczak. However, he gets Gerard Dyson to strike out, gets out of it, and then actually delivers in the eighth inning. Gets Nicky Lopez to ground out. Uh, Whit Merrifield reaches on a fielding error by Andres Jimenez. This was a bizarre play. He, He looked like he caught a cleat. He was kind of circling to his right to get behind this ball, scoop and throw. And I don't know if he caught a cleat or stepped. I mean, if this were a, you know, a terrible local community field, I would say maybe he stepped on a rock or something like that. Uh, but I don't think you get many big rocks and pebbles in major league infields. Those things are taken care of pretty well. So my only guess is he just caught a cleat funny and kind of goes down, right? Stumbles can't make the play. And uh, so, yeah, Whit Merrifield reaches on an error. However, Benetendi pops out, and Carlos Santana strikes out to get out of it for Karinczak. So he does give up the homer on the first pitch. A guy who was sitting fastball got fastball. So Karinczak finally gives up his first runs of the season, just like Savali had to lose a game at some point or will lose a game at some point. Karinczak was going to give up a run at some point. Same thing with Classe. It's going to happen at some point. Someone's going to tag Classe for a home run probably in the ninth inning 
it ha- it has to happen. The laws of probability, it's going to happen. But uh, we'll take it. We'll take it because the Indians put together such a huge lead. I mean, if you look at the win probability line on Baseball Savant, it barely affects the win probability line. Uh, they pretty much thought once the Indians put up that five-run inning in the seventh, they had the game in the bag. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Class A does what he does, ground out, ground out, gives up a single to a Hearn, but then strikes out Hunter Dozier on some heat. So yeah, so between the battle of the bullpens, it was not a great night to be a bullpen, to be a relief pitcher in Kansas City last night, but the Indians' bullpen is able to limit the damage. Now, the reason they gave up so many runs, was it because they've been overworked lately? I mean, they had they came in, even though the Indians had a big lead on Sunday, and they pitched the 7th, 8th, and ninth on Sunday, and they're asked to do it again here. Uh, they're asked to do three and a third innings here to finish out this game. So... You know, once we went up five runs, was this a chance to, you know, get Sandlin in there again? Is Trevor Steffen, Phil Maiden? You know, there are other arms in that bullpen that are ready to go. I think Francona is probably saving some of those arms for this start coming up today from uh, from Henches. And then he's got Bieber on the mound. And then he's got another start from Tristan McKenzie, McKenzie scheduled for the afternoon on Thursday. So is he saving some of those arms, Quantrill, Stefan, for Mayton, for if he needs them in emergency of Henches and McKenzie? Probably. That's probably the plan. I'm guessing that you're not going to see Shaw, Karinchek, or Classe unless he, it's an app. Maybe if it's a one-run game in the ninth, you'll see Classe tonight. But my guess is those guys are probably going to get the day off if the Indians can put them in that kind of situation, right? If it's a one nothing game, maybe he overworks his horses. He's re- he says he's going to try not to do that early in the season. You know, he says he's going to mix it around a little bit. So will somebody else get a chance in the bullpen tonight? Hopefully the Indians will give us a lead and uh, let us find out. Let us find out what Francona, what decisions he makes. Because like we saw from Athene, a manager's decision can absolutely affect the game. All right, let's get into the Indians' offense because we've talked a ton about what the Royals did here. We talked a ton about what the Indians' pitching did. Let's talk about the Indians' offense because both of these pitching staffs were hard hit last night. In fact, both teams gave up 14 hard hit balls last night to these offenses, to the respective offenses. And it was the four, five, six, and seven hitters for the Indians that were just unloading and doing the damage. Two doubles from Fermil Reyes plus the two RBI single. He has three hits on the night. Eddie Rosario with the big three-run home run. I guess the Kansas City fans were booing the umpire because they thought they should have had a called strike earlier in the at-bat. Um... There was a low fastball that was, you know, called a ball. But Eddie Rosario gets a pitch up, and he turns on it. I mean, you have to be fast to turn on it. I think it was a cutter up in the zone, up and in on the, in the zone. And uh, he does. Eddie Rosario hits a no-doubt-about-his shot into the seats in right field, wraps it around the right field foul pole for a big three-run home run that really unlocked this game. Harold Ramirez had two hits, including a double and a run scored. So big debut from him. That was nice to see, right? Some production from center field. Uh, 
man, after Daniel Johnson struggled, they give Harold, because he's on the taxi squad, he can easily go down. They give Harold Ramirez a chance. And Harold Ramirez doubled. I mean, he was a very productive hitter in Miami who struggled with some injury things. And when he came here, it kind of felt like, oh, man, we've been we've been watching Zimmer and we've been watching Daniel Johnson and Mercado and we kind of wanted to see our guys succeed, right? We had this we had this loyalty to our guys that have come up through our farm system. But hey, if Harold Ramirez can turn into a middle of the order hitter, I have no problem cheering for Harold Ramirez. I have no problem with Oscar Mercado and Bradley Zimmer wasting away in AAA. If Harold Ramirez is, you know, that good of a hitter and that decent of a center fielder. So, uh, and then Josh Naylor rounding out the middle of the order. Josh Naylor goes uh, two for four. He has a double and a home run. He was slugging the ball last night. So give him three RBIs on the day and a run scored. So yeah, it was a huge day from the four, five, six, and seven hitters. And you know what? I can't, I can't decide. who. Can you decide between Fermil Reyes' three hits, Eddie Rosario's big three-run home run, Harold Ramirez's two big hits, or Josh Naylor's three RBIs in his slugging, his double, and his home run? Can you decide MVP for the day between the four of them? I can't, so I'm giving it to all four of them. The four, five, six, seven hitters in this lineup, collectively MVPs for the day. Yeah, the middle of the order just absolutely mashed on this Kansas City pitching. There was a fun little storyline going on at the top of the order because uh, Cesar Hernandez, even though he's still hitting 194, his OPS is starting to climb because he was on base four times yesterday. Two official at-bats, five actual plate appearances. He has a single, he has a single, and he has three walks yesterday. So he's on base four times, and until the end of the game, I think it was the eighth or ninth inning, he could not get off first base. Well, he could, but he only saw his way back to the dugout because Ahmed Rosario kept getting him out. Ahmed Rosario hits into a double play to get him out, then hits into two fielder's choices. Ahmed Rosario actually scores two runs. Those two runs should have been Cesar Hernandez's. Uh, But Cesar Hernandez kept getting forced out at second base, and Ahmed Rosario would beat it out at first base and end up coming around to score. So, uh, yeah, Cesar Hernandez was probably not happy to see Ahmed Rosario batting behind him because every time Hernandez got on, Rosario would get him out. So that was an interesting little storyline going on at the top of the order. We'll see if Ahmed Rosario hits in the second spot or if they drop him back down. He seemed much more comfortable hitting around the sixth spot in the lineup. I still think you just bump Jose Ramirez up to two, Vermeil Reyes or Eddie Rosario up to three and four respectively. Then you can go Josh Naylor, Harold Ramirez, Ahmed Rosario, you got to keep Roberto Perez and the Yu Cheng Jake Bowers split at the bottom. In fact, it might be time for Yu Cheng to go back to AAA. I mean, I'm a huge Yu Cheng fan. I really wanted to see this work. He just does not seem like he's seeing the ball, right? He's popping it up, he's banging it into the ground, striking out. It's he's not even getting hard hits anymore. His OPS is down at 383. I don't know if Ernie Clement or Owen Miller is ready. You know, it, it's time. It is time for something else, probably, for a utility infielder role. I mean, Chang is here because he could play all four spots on the infield, right? That's why he's here. So could an Owen Miller or an Ernie Clement do that, make that work? 
uh, get another look up here. Give Chang a chance to go back and refresh at AAA because we know what Chang can do against AAA pitching. We know he can hit. We know Yu Chang can hit. He's just got to figure it out at the major league level, and he's got to get some confidence back at this point. All right. So, yeah, that's all the storylines from the game yesterday. That's all my thoughts. It was more of a look at the actual game and the actual plays today than any stats, than any statistics, um, because it was a pretty good game. There was a, The storyline yesterday were the plays and the decisions made uh, much more than it was the stats or anything like that or the, the analytics yesterday. It was a... It was a heck of a baseball game. It was a heck of a back-and-forth baseball game. So, coming up tomorrow, we've got Henches making his, not his debut, but his debut as a starter, going against Miner for the Royals. Miner is 2-1, and one, but he's got a 526 ERA. So, will the Indians be able to put some runs on the board? It's another lefty, so you're looking at more Ahmed Rosario. Uh, probably Yu Chang getting another chance in there at first base, hanging in at first base, seeing what he can do. So Harold Ramirez, let's see if he gets the start again. He's a right-handed hitter, so he should be in there. Uh, Yeah, so uh, maybe they do the Josh Naylor at first base thing. Uh, Jordan Luplo is being held out with a leg injury, and they can't decide if they want to put him on the IL or not. I guess he strained his leg running. Uh, In more bad news, and more straining your leg news, uh, the White Sox announced that Luis Robert, I'm sure you heard it last night on the broadcast, is going to be out for three to four months. That's brutal. Just a brutal, brutal injury because it's a non-contact injury, right? It's just the dude was sprinting to beat out a grounder and popped his hip and, I mean, really messed up his hip. They said it was the hip flexor, uh, and he's down for a few months. So, uh, Jordan Lublo also dealing with some leg issues uh, from running. Hopefully, he will bounce back and get back in the lineup because we could use his right-handed bat against this left-handed pitching. It is fun to watch him beat up and crank home runs against left-handed pitching. Against all pitching now. Remember, he hits everybody now. So let's see if Jordan Lublo can get back out there tonight. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Kansas City. It's the Indians 8, the Royals 6. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barrios. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash clevelandbaseballmornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Baseball Morning.